Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering Season 2, Episode 11, titled Claimed. This is the instant cast, so we're fresh off of the episode. I want to get your opinion on it first. What'd you think, Aaron? Uh, it's way better than last week. Oh, God, it's so much better. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I just, it always puzzles how, you know, it's like, if last week's was an awesome episode, then mm-hmm. what, this is like an orgasmic, life-changing experience episode. Yeah, yeah, how can, like, there, a lot of people said, oh my god, I love last week's episode. It doesn't compare to this week's episode in any way. And I, I don't for know me, if that's, anyway. sure, certainly for me. Uh, if, is that a case of the characters just being better, the actors being I better? I don't know, I think it's a, I don't know, it just could be that people are wanting different things out of the show. And That's are watching it for true. different reasons. Sure. I'm watching it for a lot of character development, some some of the gore. I really like the zombie gore and the tension that they brought to this episode. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, the first Rambo, First Blood, is actually a really good movie. <laughs> it's a phenomenal movie, yeah. It's like got a lot of depth and pathos and mm-hmm. and subtle characterizations and... And like a moral ambiguity, and by the time you get to Rambo three, it's just America, <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, and yeah. it's like I wonder if you like went to Rambo two and three expecting First Blood, like would you be, you know, everybody else is like fuck Rambo's fucking awesome, it's so cool, and there's the one nerd in the back like yeah, but I don't know, I just think it's the stories. Are we that guy? <laughs> we might be, we might be. But I like First Blood. I want, I want Walking Dead First Blood. Sure. I think we get a lot of it, especially when Rick, Carl, and Michonne are on the screen. Other than Eugene. Oh, God. We'll get to that. Which, which I, I just about stroked out. Like, I don't uh. even know what happened because I just, I, I started smelling color and, <laughs> um, time slowed down to crawl. I was uh-huh. like, he's, wow. I, I just couldn't believe it. But it seems like he's got some kind of mental problem. It does. It really does. And I don't, I don't necessarily buy that he's a scientist. Now, I have not read this far in the comic. I don't even know if he's a character in the comic. Okay. But I don't buy the claim that he's a scientist who has this mess figured out. Well, I'm mildly interested in your speculation on that. Um, I, you know, oh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, why don't we, uh, let's continue on Eugene. When he shot that truck, uh, not only did he shoot the truck, he was shooting r- straight in the direction, fully automatic, of all the other people. Yeah. His yeah. entire group. He was just yeah. spraying and hoping he didn't yeah. hit anybody behind the walkers. There's like four basic firearm rules, and he <laughs> violated every fucking one of them. Yeah. Um, the, I didn't remember what I was going to say. Okay. I remember having an intense like, oil and water reaction to the character of Sonia on the bridge, who is a detective mm-hmm. that has like Asperger's syndrome. Okay. And she's just – it's hard to believe that – Someone w- that would be so gifted in being a detective and rise to that rank in a police force would be that s- socially retarded. Uh huh. Sure. Um, and I kind of feel the same way about Eugene. Like, judging by the way Abraham handled Glenn, I can't mm-hmm. believe that he didn't dig a murder hole and stick Eugene in it. Like, <laughs> his mission be damned. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's going to be interesting because by the end of the bridge, I had 
grown to, I guess, accept it. I also think they kind of toned her down from the pilot in the first two episodes, or maybe I just hmm. got used to it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know how much my dislike from Eugene was just like, oh, what a fucking idiot, how much that's the point. So uh-huh. I'm going to try to reserve judgment, but wow, that was, that was it, a rough patch. For sure. And I, I was wondering the same thing. Like, am I supposed to hate this guy yeah. at this point? Because if I'm supposed to, yeah, great. Okay. He's Mission doing his job. fucking accomplished. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And when he, the line he busts out when he says, uh, uh, I'm smarter than you. Oh my God. Right after you're going to blow up the truck, huh? Yeah. I put on the Facebook thread, I said, I think that Gimple on the off season watched the bridge and he's mm-hmm. like, he took a bet at the writer room that <laughs> if he could make a more inherently unlikable character than Sonya. Okay. Like, I, it's like, what can I do? It's like, you know, have him shoot up the vehicle, mm-hmm. put everybody's lives in danger. Give him a fucking mullet, <laughs> put him in cut-off cargo shorts, uh, and then have him say that he's smarter than uh, an audi- a character that's that's clearly um, postured to be a fan favorite. Uh-huh. I mean, because yeah. because I mean, son just of have a- him be a condescending asshole to everybody. Son of a dick was strong. Son of a, is, did he say that? Didn't he say that? I don't know. I believe that that was his swear when he was, uh, uh okay. Yeah, when, uh, Eugene started opening up. Son of a dick. That's, that's pretty strong work. <laughs> that, not bad. Uh, what did you think about Glenn in this scene? Because I felt like his punching Abraham was a little out of character. Uh, well. Abraham wasn't necessarily trying to stop him physically. If he was, I would have said, okay, fine. That's what Glenn needs to do to get to Maggie. I, I don't know because I was already I was kind of annoyed the fact that he wouldn't say, "Look, pal, my wife is three hours that way, yeah, and that's how I'm going." Mm-hmm. And some as it turns out, that Abraham already knew about that. I guess fist bump is a chatty Kathy amongst her <laughs> other uh, personality traits. Sure, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I thought again, this the shows like you know people just talk to each other like normal people. Uh-huh. Um, we wouldn't have as much interpersonal drama, but oh well. Speaking of interpersonal drama, let's talk a little bit about uh, Michonne and Carl. Okay, uh, not a lot of drama there, but there's a lot of bonding moments. Sure, um, some really good stuff between them as far as characterization goes. We find out a lot about uh, Michonne's past with her child, Andre Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, Laundry. I, I felt like it was a little contrived the way that they pulled that information out, but I actually liked it, the little game that they played. I did too, although my complaint was we've already established that Michonne and Carl have a pretty strong relationship from the previous season. Yeah. So it's like I felt like the writers are actually trying too hard to make that point. It's like, no, mm. I, I totally buy it. Yeah. In yeah. fact, that was the best part of the first episode of this half season when Rick answered doors like, it's for you. Yeah. Like they – the 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 writers trust the audience enough to get that what that moment <laughs> is, but then they have this you know like people in the thread were saying, well she was kind of talking down to him and that didn't come off well, but I guess that's true. But I mean I kind of saw it as you, you know when they first go into this house, there she's trying to like use crazy cheese and all this stuff to make him laugh and make him have fun. I kind of saw that as part of an extension of that, the the game she was playing with. Him. I get it, but I think that's also something you'd play, like, with a six- to seven-year-old. Okay. So it's like, yeah. and he's... She said she doesn't know how to entertain kids his age. Right, so. yeah. Although, like I said, <laughs> she did seem to do a damn good job in, uh, like, Clear was the episode. But they bonded uh-huh, over, yeah. like, danger and, you know, kick-ass zombie Michonne and, and a paper mache uh, cat. cat. So yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that the picture that she was uncovering was going to be a cat. <laughs> it was not a cat. Oh my god, it no, was not a it cat. No, it was not. It was what? far more fucked up. That scene 
was brilliant. There were a couple scenes where the tension just was ratcheted up and up and up. You know what? And that's and what it. I'll forgive a hell of a lot in The Walking Dead. I'll forgive some mullet wearing jackass shooting up his own convoy or uh, uh, two and a half ton vehicle. Uh-huh. <laughs> if they give me scenes like Rick under the bed. Oh, so good. And the yeah. guy getting choked out, which, uh, <laughs> and, and just that whole uh, Rick alone aspect uh-huh. of it was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about him giving up his gun. Um, because if, if, if he had his gun, that would have been a whole different scene. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, he's got a six shooter against guys, a bunch of guys with semi-automatic weapons. Yeah. Um, so it's like he might've played it differently, but it might've, it might, he might've wound up dead, but that I, I like, I like the walking dead best when I'm, I'm tense. Yes. And there was a lot of tension in in that scene. Everything that happened in the houses, I felt like there was a lot of tension. Yeah. And it, again, it's like it wasn't perfect. I mean, that bathroom scuffle with another guy oh, being yeah. right next door. It's like I don't buy that he wouldn't have heard that. Sure. Uh, like I said on Facebook, um, if you ever walked on a roof or been in a house when someone's walking on the roof, I don't care. I don't care if they're fucking like cartoon style tiptoeing. You're going to hear it. Then if they fall off the roof, half rip off the gutter and slam onto the back porch. Yeah. That's going to draw some attention. But strongest gutters ever. I mean. But the rest of the good the, the rest of the episode is good enough that I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and suspend my belief and, and not go into bitchy nit, nit nitpicking mode because I really liked where they're going with it. Yeah, definitely. So uh also Carl believes that Judith is dead at this point, right? A lot of comments on Facebook are people saying they hate the fact that Judith isn't dead because this is making all of this kind of empty to, for them. What do you really? think about that? I like the idea that they have they have a certain idea of what is going on, but that's not the truth, and we know better. I, I don't mind knowing better than the characters in the episode. You know, and I, I thought, okay, because there's – I did a lot of thinking this last week because I'm rereading uh, Game of Thrones – uh, from the third book on in preparation for the new season. Uh-huh. And I never had read, finished uh, Feast for Crows and the last and Dance for Dragons. And George Martin does a hell of a lot of that stuff too, where someone's dead or he, he, someone thinks someone's dead. Mm-hmm. We know it's not, but the, the actions of the characters are as if that person had died. And that's fine, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah. So, so it's, if the characters act in accordance with what they think, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and, I want to see the drama play out, and that's part of it. Yeah, and, and and I don't know why I don't have as big a problem with that um, as I do uh, Rick and Carl having their you know big emotional moment and thinking Judith's dead and she's not. I honestly don't. I can't fully articulate why I don't have a problem with that in Game of Thrones, and I do have a problem with Walking Dead. I want to say it's hmm. just because it's not handled as deftly, Possibly, or I don't yeah. have as much trust that there's some larger point being made here or they're going to, you know, they're going to do something interesting. Like Judith isn't going to go off and have an interesting life where, you know, Carl and Rick occasionally think about her and what she's doing and she's doing off something else and going, and Mm -hmm. later she's not going to probably come back to the plot and do a dance. You know, I feel like, I don't think we're going to, I feel like there's a clock over her head. That's because, you you know, we talked about this last week. You can't have a baby in the zombie apocalypse. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Um, so eventually she's going to die. So I feel like maybe it's, it's, it's staving off the inevitable and, and they're just going to try to pump that for as much, um, 
you know, ick factor and mm-hmm. like discomfort. Uh, but I don't know. That's, I, I've been thinking a lot about that. And I wonder what other people think as well, because I know there's a lot of people on the thread saying this would actually be a lot more powerful if Judith was dead and we, or we didn't know for fact Judith wasn't dead. Hmm. I don't want to, okay, I, I could certainly see that point of view too. Also, it also feels kind of cheap. I think the other part is when Judith dies in one episode and the very next, no, I'm sorry, two episodes mm-hmm. later you find out and, and not even really a lot of tension. It's just like, you know, Tyrese got his back held to the camera for like three beats longer than he normally would. And he turns around, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe if they'd like played that out for a whole seat, half season where us as the audience were really like, Oh my God. Um, yeah, I don't know. Could be. I don't know. I felt like the speculation that happened after the end of last season, if they had waited a full like four or five episodes to do that, we all would have been kind of like, uh, but maybe they saw that coming. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe, maybe they shouldn't have been so blatant about that, but I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of people talking to game of Thrones where they did something similar with the Stark kids. Hmm. Um, they're like, this is bullshit. We know (laughs) this isn't going to happen the way this is going down. So like, come on. So maybe, maybe, maybe it is just how it's handled and how much space and, there's a way you can really thread the needle and, and, and do it right. I don't know. All right. Um, so let's briefly go back to Eugene and the possibility. If he is, in fact, a scientist and he does have this shit all figured out, that to me is very, very interesting. Because like I've said it's before. game changer. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that really interests me about the zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. where uh, not only am I interested in the character development uh, of these people, but – the idea that there is a cure and how do they implement that cure, like the logistics of that, have to be near impossible mm-hmm. at this point. So I'm really interested if he does in fact have an idea. Uh, but I feel like his idea is just going to be like, well, I can make some moonshine that'll, I don't know, take the virus right out your head. <laughs> <laughs> Exercise the demons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's not going to have any good ideas. There's no way. It's one part moonshine, one part green tea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I've read the comic books, man. So All right, don't I'm spoil anything show, for I'm anybody. just going to take mild interest in your comments. And uh, that's my code word for Michael. Uh, for mild Mad, interest. For Mad Brew and Game of Thrones, because I've read the books he hasn't. Yeah. Whenever he starts speculating and stuff, I just say, that's, mild, uh, I'm very, that's mildly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> with a okay. poker face so he can't tell whether he's right or wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, the other interesting thing that, thing that happens at the very end of this episode is uh, Rick, Carl, and Michonne find the sign for Sanctuary, and they head off toward it. Yep. Are a lot of our characters going to meet back up there? Seems like it. Seems like that's yeah. the uh, that's the bug zapper all of our moths are being drawn to. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> See how many of them end up getting crispied. Yeah, they they have a really long walk, uh, Glenn and and his gang. Whole, yeah, I did three hours of driving. I did some math. Uh, so watch, stand back, everybody. <laughs> so, like, if Abraham was going one hundred or sixty miles an hour, one hundred sixty, one hundred sixty, he's driving the shit out of that truck. <laughs> Eugene just finished the damn thing off. He put out of his misery. Yeah. Um. So he's got he went one hundred eighty miles, and if you can walk at a steady three mile an hour clip, which is hoofing it, uh huh, with all that gear. That's 60 hours of straight walking, no yeah. sleeping, no breaks, no shits, nothing. Mm-hmm. That's a long way. That's that's probably two weeks of travel uh, the way that they're laden. 
Now yeah, they could find that the rate which we find cars in this show that sure. probably is not going to be that long. And it seemed like that was their plan, right? Yeah. We'll follow them until we find a car. And right, then, right. Uh, who knows what Eugene and Abraham are going to do at that point? Um, it seemed like Rosita was on board with Glenn's plan. Like she saw the picture. Um, I feel like she had a lot of sympathy for what he was going through. Yeah. And might just follow him and Tara regardless of what Abraham and Eugene do. What's your take on her relationship to Eugene and or Abraham? I got no vibe from any of them. Okay, that's cool. Like, I, I just don't know how they've met up. I don't know what kind of relationship they have at all. Uh, do you, any uh, comments on her attire? Uh, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> is it, is it <laughs> her and is Michonne it should meet up and, and trade some tips, you know? Is it, a, is it, is it apocalypse appropriate? Oh, no, of course not. Yeah, no. um, lots, lots. Neither of is Abraham's. I mean, he's wearing that's a tank true. top. That's true. Um, sleeves. I, 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 Eugene's there's, there's, at least got the back of his neck covered. I, that's the joke. <laughs> me, you, and and Chris oh, Hardwick great. to our shame made. Oh. Um, so it's like I feel like a fucking hack now. Great. Uh, there is a bad case of no sleeves running rampant. Yeah, yeah. Ran, might be terminal through the entire cast. At first, it was Beth and Daryl. Mm. Rick got affected by it. Abraham. It might be you know patient zero. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rosalita, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, fist bump, she loses that flannel. It's, it's, it's no yeah. sleeve city. Yeah. How far can Glenn be behind? Not far. I mean, eventually those sleeves are done. Right. I'm thinking like Babangelo is just waiting for an opportunity to just take off his shirt. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be shirtless band, next season. This band needs to be changed. Can I get my shirt off again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're what? fighting walkers right now, Bob. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the Matthew McConaughey of combat <laughs> medics. <laughs> Did my contract once a season. Shirts off. Um, what else we got to talk about? I think we covered it pretty well until we can go really in depth. It's a relief because I was nervous. I was nervous like uh, if, if we had two subpar episodes in a row, my my podcasting strength is going to be sad because we got a lot going on. Uh you moved. Yeah, I spent ten hours today loading a truck and unloading it. Right. Um, so we got we, we're going to have the, the Bald Tower Mark Three, I think, uh, starting <laughs> yeah. next week. Um, lots of cool stuff going on. Um, that which we'll we'll probably be talking about some exciting stuff in a week or two. Uh, also, Jim and I are going to devise a contest for the Walker Stalker Con uh, coming up here in uh, Chicago two weekends from now. And I think that's right. I think it's three weekends. Might be three weekends. I think it's like the fourteenth. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's it's three weekends from now. I thought okay. we were at this is the last weekend of uh, February. Not yet. We got four passes to give away, and we're going to devise a contest. Uh, we need to kind of hash out the details, but we'll look forward to that on the Tuesday's podcast. We got all the details worked out with the dudes from the Walker Stalkers. We're pretty excited. Found out today that uh, my dad Chad Coleman's going to be there again. <laughs> Uh, awesome. so I'm going to, I'm going to bring my baseball gloves, see if we can get some pitch and catch in. Yep. Um, yeah, it should be a good time. We'll be doing another panel. I'm hoping people actually fucking boo us this time. <laughs> yeah. Come boo. We us. earned it last, last was last weekend, man. I know there's some fucking pissed off people in Chicago. Come and boo the shit out of us. Apply for these passes. We'll get, if, if, if you win these four passes, you have to promise to come to the panel and boo <laughs> us lustily. <laughs> And stand up and give like the you know like the you know wave your arms up to get everybody else. Yeah, you got egg them on. I want loud uh, okay. ear shattering booze. 
ear-shattering booze. It's a little too low of a frequency to really shatter ears, I think. But, well, that's the intensity. Okay. Okay. The amplitude. Fair enough. Uh, anything else? No. Is that it? No. Uh, if you got feedback, uh, please send it to watchingdead at baldmove.com. Uh, we will be eager to read it. And as always, you can follow me on uh, facebook.com slash baldmove for our live thread. It was rocking this week. Uh, Jim's uh, tweety, tweeting like a, a, a fucking madman at bald move on yeah. Twitter. Um, yeah, until Tuesday. Okay. Until Tuesday. <laughs> until, Tuesday. <laughs> until Tuesday. Until Tuesday. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, good night.